Welcome to the Quality and Qualifications Ireland podcast. QQI is a state agency that promotes quality and accountability in education and training in Ireland. In this episode, you'll hear Colette Harrison, QQI's Manager of Awards and Certification, in conversation with our host, Paul O'Mahony, about QQI as an awarding body and the QQI Award. Colette, can you tell me, what do you, what's your role in QQI? My main responsibility is to ensure that the certification processes that we provide to all our providers and our learners run effectively and efficiently. So QQI is an awarding body. So we actually make awards to learners after they've completed quality assured programmes with our providers. And we certify six times a year. We issue about 175,000 certs a year. So that's the operation that I look after with a staff of six. So when you say certify Mm -hmm. six times a year, That's once every two months. Exactly. Is that exactly what it is? Every two months starting with February. Exactly. And is that that providers send you results and you then certify them mm-hmm. is the, and issue the certificates? Yeah. I, is that how it works? That's how it works. So a provider who has the right, if you like, to offer QQI programs will have agreed their quality assurance with QQI, will have their programs, specific programs. It could be pesticides, it could be healthcare, it could be cookery. Those programs will be validated by QQI. It will have gone through a process and they will deliver all of these programs to learners around the country. And we have about approximately 600 providers. They will deliver those programs. They will assess those learners and quality assure those results. And then through the secure system we have, they will submit those results to us. I'm guessing that the secure system Mm -hmm. is an IT system these days. Uh, These days. Long gone is the paper, although we used to be swamped by paper, but we're fully now automated. And uh, the centres then log into our secure system, uploading results. And then we process and quality assure those results and physically print the piece of paper that any learner gets on the successful completion of a programme. Well, in these days of um, computers, Mm -hmm. I would almost think that you'd need almost no human beings to certify the results, that almost the results would come in. Some kind of intelligent piece of software Mm -hmm. would do it. How do you do it? Well, you're quite right in some ways, is the system is very key to what we're actually doing. However, you deal with providers all the time. So we take queries from providers on the phone, on email. We have a um, a call management system for any problem that arises. These things are complex for providers, managing results, managing results processes, meeting deadlines. And we also, when we have results into us, have to be sure that they're the right results, that the right learner gets the right award. And that when we print off the certificates, quite literally, that they are to a high standard that anyone having undertaken and put some effort into a course is proud to receive. And then do you send the certificates back in a batch for Mm -hmm. the provider to issue? Yes, exactly. So our contact is through the providers, basically, and they then have to send them out to the various learners. And in a provider. I know Mm. you've got a wide range of how many providers in the country? 600. Well, that's where I have to make a difference. There's loads of education and training providers. There's 600 approximately that have a direct relationship with QQI. Training and further education and higher education is not a regulated activity in Ireland. 
So therefore, you can set up a training company and you can issue your own certificates if you like. But the certificates, as we're an awarding body that we issue, relate to the National Framework of Qualifications. So you have to go through a process to be able to be that kind of a provider. And that kind of a provider, we have about 600 of those, of which some of them have many centres. So they could have 20 centres within that. So you could have upwards a thousand centres that we're dealing with who have varying kinds of learners, as you can imagine. I'm guessing that these providers, let's say the providers who have lots of centres around the country, would they be providers who most people would have heard of as national providers of education and training? Or are they organisations most people would never have heard of? They're a mix. That's the good thing about access to QQI and access to these kind of awards. They vary from what were known as the old VECs, which are now the education and training boards. And there's 16 of them around the country. So they would deliver about 50% of further education and training to the likes of Griffith College and Dublin Business School, very well known on the higher education side. But then to other providers, like, for example, I can think of one in Galway, the Blue Raincoat Company. They do training in the drama sphere for people with intellectual disabilities. Great provider, totally unexpected, I suppose, for people to realise that they are one of the providers. To other first aid providers that just deliver first aid. So the breadth and the scale is very different, really. Colette, could you give me one more example of a national training provider who has centres all around the country who you deal with? We deal with the Road Safety Authority as one example, I suppose, because they would have centres all around the country that they would manage for driver training and driving instruction. So in the qualifications world, many people have to have qualifications and in one of them is driver instruction. So we would deal with, for example, the RSA, the Road Safety Authority for that, which might surprise some people, but they are a provider of QQIs. The information that you receive six times a year, is it roughly even each time or do you have a peak period of your year? We have a peak time around June, because if you can imagine that I mentioned 50% of the providers we have are ETB, Education and Training Board providers. They run your classic school year, starts in September, finishes at the end of May. So they're submitting their results now at this stage. That would be a very significant, three times larger than any other assessment period. The rest of the assessment periods are inclined to be availed of by private providers who are perhaps offering small tailored courses to meet people's obligations either under the law or qualifications for jobs. For example, uh, the security industry is very heavily regulated now. So you have to have a QQI level four qualification in guarding skills to be able to be a bouncer at that nightclub that you go to. So I think that's all part of the job that we have is to be responsive then in certification terms to those kind of providers, to those kind of learners. Well, I had no idea that a bouncer (laughs) in a nightclub was a qualified person. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think a lot of people perhaps don't understand that is that we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the leaving certain Ireland or degrees and so on. But there are many people who, in order to work, are involved in maybe a regulated area or there's some requirement for them to have specific training and indeed specific qualification. So uh, guarding skills is a very big one. Colette, it sounds to me like as if there's a huge span of awards and they cover a wide range of things. Can you give me a flavour of, let's take a level one award. 
What uh, does someone get an award for doing at level one? The level one award, generally it's teaching basic skills, skills that we sometimes take for granted, like personal care, like verbal understanding, like shopping, all of those basic skills that are very important for people to learn and to be formally recognised. I think there always were processes to learn them, but they're now formally recognised with an award made by QQI on the National Framework of Qualifications. I mentioned Blue Raincoat earlier on. There was a very really moving clip in the news of their graduation of their learners. And what you're always struck by in cases like this is the parents who think, I never thought I'd saw one of my own receiving an award up there in their cap and gown at their level two and level three doing drama, speech and drama and so on. We won't do all of them, but give me an idea then. A level three award Mm. now. We're going from one to three. How much is the difference? Well, the level three award is basically, if you think the junior cert is placed on the National Framework of Qualifications at level three, So that'll give you some idea of kind of the level, if you like, of level three. The level three award, though, and QQI are more flexible in a sense that there's employability skills that teaches people to do interview skills, CV preparation, and maybe basic skills that may be of use in employment, like horticultural skills, like gardening, maybe decorating, that are developing people on to allow them to move on maybe into more vocational areas. So it's quite a basic level of qualification, but nonetheless, it can be an entree, if you like, into another world where people realise that they have talents that they can go and develop. And if I jump to a level six, of all the people who've got a level six Mm -hmm. award in the country, Mm -hmm. what section of employment are they in? I think the one that people are most familiar with will be the apprenticeship training that leads to a craft certificate. So that is a very valuable and valued qualification whereby people who spend four years doing their apprenticeship come out with a craft electrical or craft plumbing. And those awards are, I suppose, a real representation of how people study, gain knowledge and skills and then actually move into a vocational area. So I think that's probably the one that people would resonate most with. Well, are there any areas of education and training which are not part of the awards, but which may become part of the awards in the future? Of course, you don't need a qualification necessarily to work in a particular area. There's no onus on lots of areas for you to have a qualification. And sometimes there can be a bit of a trend to say you must have a qualification. And it's not always necessarily true. And I think it's important for QQI and what we try to be is responsive to employers, to the marketplace, if you like, where people say we need a definite qualification in this particular area because it can matter. So, for example, we have qualifications, and it'll surprise some people, in everything to do with mushrooms. And we were saying, who wants these qualifications for mushrooms? Well, all of the big supermarkets insist that if anybody who's dealing with their mushrooms have to have the mushroom picking qualification at level four, who knew it? And uh, there's an example that meets the need, you know. So I go into the supermarket Mm. and can buy qualified mushrooms? You can, exactly. (laughs) Certainly they were picked by qualified people. (laughs) Look, what about people who are coming back into education? They went through the formal school system, Mm -hmm. right? They may have got no qualifications during the system or they might have got some, Mm. but they've left school, they've gone off into the world and now they're thinking 
maybe I want to learn something else, get some training in something else. Are your awards in any way suitable for them? Absolutely. I'd say they're probably tailor-made for them in many ways. So you'll be aware, for example, that uh, childcare now is becoming very much a regulated profession. And an awful lot of women went into childcare when, if you like, it didn't have qualifications associated with it. And now there's a onus to get qualifications. So we see a lot of people who have been working for years in the sector. They are then looking to get the formal qualification. And it's really heartening and we actually love seeing it in QQI. People who've maybe left school a long time ago were minding children, they're back in education. It's not easy. It's not easy going to start writing essays and doing assessments again in your mature years. To see them get their qualifications is is a real lift. There's no doubt about it. Do they get any recognition in putting in for their qualifications or putting in for their award for things they can do, they've learnt on the job. It's important to recognise that people approach awards and qualifications from different points. So exactly, so someone maybe who is five or ten years looking after children has plenty of experience. So the method of delivery, the way they get that programme, has to meet those requirements. It doesn't start them at the basics. It makes certain assumptions and they can perhaps do that programme quicker then a learner who's coming straight out of school doesn't know one end of a child from the other and has to start at the very beginning. So, you know, it's most important from QQI's point of view that the programmes that the learners are going on to are appropriate for them. And tell me, do you and the people who you work with, do you have anything to do with learners yourselves? Do you meet them face to face or on the phone or or are you completely ivory tower people? No, we're a long way off our ivory tower. We are on the phone all of the time. I think it's important. The education system and training system can be quite complicated and it has a language all of its own. And many times people will get in touch with us, and pick up the phone to say, where can I do a course or a programme? Or I did a course and a programme maybe 20 years ago. I need a record. I lost my cert. And we have those records. And you we have, have things going back mm. 20 years? Yes, we have things going way back because QQI is a body that pulled together a lot of other awarding bodies in their day. So we can go right back. So you'd have a lot of people because there is an urge now on employers to know that if they're taking on somebody, that they have a qualification. And do you know where your cert is? So you have to then maybe get on to us. So we deal with learners that way all the time. We often deal with learners then who are struggling to understand the system, to know how will I start and what will I do and what do I need. So we deal on the phone with people. We have an email system that we deal with people as well. And although we're not a public office, people call in because they want to get something sorted now. So no, I'm uh, well used to dealing with learners and uh, it's always good to deal with people who are going to be the recipient of the certificate. I think it makes you very focused on knowing where something is going. Who in Ireland can become a provider? And can you just clarify to me, what exactly is a provider? Hmm. Yeah, it's one of those funny words we use. In a sense, anybody who wishes to offer quality assured training and education can become a provider of QQI. And we run briefings every six weeks for anyone who's interested. So many people have the idea, oh, I must go and connect with QQI. I'd like to be delivering particular programs or courses. We provide them with those briefings so that they get an understanding of what the process is, because although they may be delivering very good training programs, 
top class programs. They do have to have processes and systems in place that quality assures that delivery. And that can be hard for them to get their head around in the first place. So we issue guidelines for that and we try and help them through the process as much as possible. But for providers, it's a business decision. It's one of those things they need to get their head around and then say, yeah, I can do that. So in the last couple of years since QQI came into being, we've had about 10 or 12 new providers through. And it's not what people think. It's not the big institutions. It's not the big place on the corner with the long drive up. It's small niche providers who are offering tailor-made courses either to particular client companies around business programs or on animal care and grooming or the most recent one that came through will be offering agricultural programs and courses. So it's not always the big institution. So supposing I have a little niche operation. Yeah. And I decide today mm-hmm. I'm going to get on the QQI system. Mm-hmm. I want my awards to be well recognised yeah. and I don't want them just to be an attendance record sure. that you've attended the course. I want to be able to show mm-hmm. them. Talk me through what should I do, number one? How long will it take me mm-hmm. and how much is it going to cost me? Very important questions. Well, it'll take you... As long as it takes you, which sounds like a funny thing to say. And the reason I say that is that if depending on where you are in your business development, you might just have this only this idea in the back of your head. And as you learn more about the process and on our website, we publish all of the details as to what you're required to do. We offer briefings. We meet people one to one to talk through what their business plan is. I think the important thing to realize that this is a business decision. You could be a really good trainer, but are you sure you want to undertake this? We have a commitment that if you do apply, we'll have everything done in 25 weeks because we have various evaluations and governance processes to go through. And then if it's further education program you want to offer, we'll charge you 5,000 euro. And if it's a higher education program, we'll charge you 10,000 euro. But I'm an organisation, I've decided I know an awful lot about gardening. Yes. And I've decided I'm going to go in for training gardeners. Yes. Do I have to have 5,000? You do. Right. So I can understand now what you mean by Mm -hmm. saying it's a business decision. Because you need to know that if you put the investment in, that's financial investment on front, but there's other investments. You need to put investments into your quality assurance system and procedures. You may need to have extra staff to manage all of your assessment processes, for example. Therefore, if you're going to have that decision, you need to be sure you're going to be a return for it. And you need to be sure that there's learners out there who want to pay the fees you're going to charge to get that award. And in an average year, how many new providers would you have coming onto the scene? We wouldn't have that many, really, because we'd only have between sort of five and seven a year because it's a big decision. And there is a lot of providers. As I mentioned, we have over 600 providers, a lot of them there already. You need to be careful that you know what you're doing. And maybe you don't need QQI awards. There can be a little bit of a myth that you absolutely need an award. Not every piece of training needs an award. And it does apply costs to it. It does inflate the cost of the training. And are the bulk of the training providers accredited by QQI? Are the bulk of them in Dublin? No, no. We have them all over the place, I'm delighted to say. That's the one point about the provision that we have. The provision is national. So you can do it in Donegal. You can do it in Cork. You can do it anywhere in the country. We have online providers as well. So you don't even have to fetch up. You can do blended learning and online programs. 
So all of those kind of programs go through their validation process and they're fit for purpose for learners to take on. What do you mean by blended learning? Blended learning is a mix of going to seminars and going to classes and doing a certain amount online. And it can very much suit your person who's going back to education, perhaps, or looking for a qualification in a particular area of their working. They're not able to go and do the full award going somewhere. I suppose the biggest example of that we would have would be Hibernia College. So a very high proportion of the teachers in Ireland now do their programs online and through blended learning with Hibernia College, for example, different from the model of going to your training school or training college of old. They can do it online. So it doesn't matter if you're in Donegal or if you've got family commitments or work commitments, you can still do that. That must be great for somebody who can't uh, make regular weekly attendance at the course or daily attendance. Absolutely. And I think it also, the good thing about having programs available like that is that it broadens the base of people who can access it, who maybe never thought they could become a teacher. And I was speaking to a man the other day who was in his mid-40s and he'd had well many careers behind him, but had always wanted to be a teacher. He was in Donegal and the opportunity through Hibernia, he did their various assessments and he did uh, their work practices. He has found his vocation. He was delighted with himself. So there was an opportunity for him. Colette, you have dealings with parents, with students, learners. You have dealings with providers of education, you have dealings with employers. They're the key uh, relationships that you have. Is there anything about your relationships with any of those three groups that you would like to highlight as a particularly interesting area? I think like any time any of us have to deal with the public body, we expect to be dealt with and talked to appropriately. And the education and training system can be tricky and it does need a bit of explanation. So the staff that I work with and in the people I deal with, we like to make sure that people get good value, so to speak, in their contact with QQI, that they get an understanding and an explanation that makes sense to them because it's very stressful. Being involved in education and training, it's very demanding for the provider, for the learner, and more often or not than for their parents. And they come to you as they're worried or concerned about something. So I find that from our way of dealing with them, that if we can take the time to explain to them something about the system, the way it works, and to give them assurances, because we have a fair amount of information, that it works. Colette, of all the many awards that you give every year, what are the top three awards today in Ireland? We give awards on the framework in major awards and minor awards and special purpose awards. And again, I mentioned earlier on regulation. So occupational first aid is the top award, but 25,000 a year at the moment we're making. Closely followed, believe it or not, by pesticides. Because pesticide from Europe, they have decided that there needs to be a register of people who handle pesticides. They must be trained. They must have a qualification. They're on the minor award side of things. On the major award, the big award types at the moment would be around healthcare and childcare at level five on the framework. That they are entry awards, if you like, for people to go into particular vocational areas. So they would be the main volume of activity around awards. Colette, can you tell me what is the process for a provider to become a recognised provider? 
any provider involved in education and training can decide to come to QQI to offer QQI awards. Suppose the first part of that process in anything you're going to attempt to do in your business is to find out what you're about. Find out what's involved, how much will it cost, how difficult is it going to be, and will it add to my business? So we provide briefings for anyone who's interested. They come to the office in QQI in Denzel Lane and we will talk to them. We will do one-to-one as well for people who have particular requirements. I think then the process is you make an application. The application process, depending on how prepared you are, will take about 23 weeks. We're committed to making sure that you're through the process in that time. That's your evaluation, a site visit, the governance that QQI have to go through that allows you to become a provider of QQI programmes. Then you go on and you validate your programme. So you may have a particular interest, for example, in offering an IT award at level seven in the framework. You will come to QQI and you will show QQI that you have that programme developed, that you have the appropriate staff, you have the technology available and so on. And we will validate that programme. Can I ask you what validation means? Sure. Validation is the evaluation process that QQI applies when you submit your programme of training or education to QQI. We evaluate that process under a range of different criteria and make sure that it's fit for purpose, that the learner who takes that on is guaranteed they are going to get something of substance, that it's going to lead to an award and a national award that's on the framework of qualifications. So you basically check it to make sure it ticks all the boxes. Oh, we do more than that. We do more than just tick the boxes. It's a fairly deep evaluation. Again, to make sure what you're trying to do, I suppose, at all stages of anything QQI does is to protect the learner, to make sure the learner gets what they think they're getting and that that's a quality product and a quality award. And is there a day on which the provider is given the go-ahead, is recognised as a QQI provider? Once they validate their programme, then they're good to go and start advertising and bringing in learners and delivering a particular programme to them. And do you give an award to a provider for having become? No, we don't, because it's a process that you go through and you're really being quality assured around that particular programme. You're not quality assured for everything you do, because providers often offer other programmes. They could be offering a two-day programme at their local business that are looking for business management skills, for example. They have a client that does that. But they equally could want to deliver longer programmes to other client companies, for example, or learners who are coming in from abroad for a longer period of time. There's a very wide range of motivations, I think, for the programmes that people want to deliver. And does each award cost €5,000 to register for? No, no, you agree your quality assurance and that's the €5,000 or €10,000, depending on the level. And then you validate your programme and there's different costings there. If you're going to validate a higher education programme, that's a very large volume of learning, three or four year programmes leading to honours degree, that'll be €10,000 to validate that programme. And then if it's further education programme, for example, a year long programme in childcare or a shorter programme, it'll be between one and 2000 Well, Colette Harrison, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It's been a real education and I wish you all the very best and thank you. Thank you. The Quality and Qualifications Ireland podcast is hosted by Paula Mahoney and produced by Show & Tell Communications on behalf of QQI. Sound recording by Beacon Studios. 
Sound editing by Mark Cotton. The producers for QQI are Deirdre Miller and Laura Carrigan. You can find out more about QQI and the topics covered in this episode at qqi.ie.